0: podcast with myself Steve Lisbon and as always my good friend South Chum bearded legend 6'6 bet blue shirted man Mr Paul Levy. We're alive. We
1: are here. We are still breathing as a football club. What a fantastic feeling. It's been the biggest 10 days of our lives as Leighton Orient fans, no question or a doubt. Last week saw the Loft meeting, which was superb. More on that in a bit. Then Accrington Stanley away, Doncaster at home. On a Monday, the court case for unpaid money owed to HMRC and others. We are grateful to be joined later in the show by Adam Michelson from Loft, who you all have probably seen uh, speaking outside the Royal Court last uh, yesterday, as it was. Uh, we've got a jam-packed episode this week, so let's crack on with the most comprehensive <laughs> late Orient football club roundup anywhere in the world. And as always, we start with our
0: friends over at the Supporters Club. Good intro, thanks, mate. Very that myself. So, Supporters Club updates. There's only two trips left to tell you all about. First is Luton away on Good Friday, 14th of April. Coaches depart at noon, cost £20 and £17 for concessions. And in Blackpool, final game of the season, Saturday 6th of May. is it going to be our what last? You mean the stand up party? The stand one? up party, yeah. Or the going down and drowning your sorrows out of Blackpool party. Either way, coaches depart at half 10 in the morning for a half past five kickoff. And the cost of that is £30 or £27 for concessions with a £3 surcharge to non-members. You can book either one of two ways. You can book in the Supporters Club uh, on match days or by calling the travel line on 07722135970. Blackpool's going to be an emotional day regardless Whichever of way, what happens. If you go if down, you stay up, we'll go. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully we'll be joining you there. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Four
1: hours in the car, four of bit hours <laughs> from here. Ninety quid at the moment on the train when I looked the other day, but apparently the prices change on the twenty seventh of March. So, right, it's yeah, but apparently the but the problem that you've got if you go by train is that there isn't a get train back. that gets you back because it's a five thirty kickoff. Yeah. Everybody, so don't be caught out by that. It's a five thirty kickoff, which and I think the last train is like eight. Oh, there's something about the it doesn't get you back in, into London. Well, uh, early enough, so well off piste. Um, no, because then it refers back to the supporters' club that will be able to get you back Saturday night into oh, Leighton. You've pulled it back. Oh, well, that's what I do. <laughs> so, um, Leighton Orient Trust update. So, thank you, Howard, for for sending us this. As always, thank he says thank you to David Dodd and all of the, at the supporters' club who presented Josh Caroma with an engraved trophy for his hat trick scored at Newport. A massive thanks to Sam Dolby who was invited to Rushcroft. Schooled in Chingford on Thursday to be interviewed, alongside Howard, by pupils taking part in the Nationwide Schools Initiative, BBC School Report. Post-interview, Sam showed off some of his skills in the playground and the finished article can be viewed on the BBC News website. Congratulations also to Sean Barber, Bob Watson and Adam Lewis, winners of the latest Energy Bet Twitter competition, all of whom won the opportunity to try their luck at the Crossbar Challenge during the half-time break on Saturday. Each would have received a signed club shirt
0: for their efforts. So well done yeah. guys. So well done. And I'm pretty sure one of those shirts is available on eBay with all proceeds going to the uh regeneration right? yeah. So Well done, fellas. Oh yeah, okay. So a few announcements to make. Happy birthday to Chris Kane, who sits behind us in the South Stand. His birthday was Thursday, fifteenth of March. Well he was missing uh from the Doncaster next, so yeah. obviously still having it large from the weekend, <laughs> a bit younger than us, still out boozing and dancing and drinking.
1: Yeah. And just as a bit of a heads up, in case you'd forgotten, it's Mother's Day this coming Sunday. So let it be known that the Orient Outlook podcast are here to help you out with another special offer from our <laughs> friends over at Carol Langley Florist, thirty-three Station Road in Chingford. Um, Mention the podcast, you get ten percent off, and there's local area orders uh, can be ten de- percent uh, off local area orders, and there is delivery, I believe, available uh, while while they can, while they have the capacity to deal with it. Uh, phone number 0208-529-4130. Or you can go to the website which is Carol C A R O L E Langley L A N G L E
0: Y dot uk. So get ordering. Don't forget. Yeah. Don't be that person. We are here for you. So moving on to the eight days that were and vital eight days in our history. So yeah. Monday the thirteenth of March, say so in the evening. The loft meeting takes place at the Wolfhamstow Assembly Hall, so we're not going to go through it uh, in massive detail, we'll just go through the key points uh, of the meeting. So, uh, firstly, Loft has had over £20,000 worth of free legal advice, which is amazing, really. So, yeah, it's so a incredible. huge amount of credit to those barristers and solicitors. Uh, second, was and quite a big call actually, was that Loft will call for an adjournment. Rather than administration, if no representative from the club is in the High Court on Monday, the twentieth of March, um, and then Loft also believe if Francesco Bischetti does pay the bill to HMRC, then they will put forward another petition on March the twenty first.
1: Yeah. Goes on.
0: Go, uh, another other salient points from the from the meeting.
1: The council, that's Waltham Forest, are backing Leighton Orient. And Chris Robbins from Waltham Forest Council has asked to meet with the football association. And the council have also written to the club's
0: management. Yep. Yeah. At the time of the meeting, the regeneration fund had reached over seventy-eight thousand pound and would go over ninety thousand pound once the collections from the Grimsby match had been added. For, and the supporters' club also said. They would be making a sizeable donation to the regeneration fund. So I mean, that fund—that's just—it's incredible. Huge. Yeah, amazing. It's incredible. Work. In like ten days,
1: what what can actually happen? Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, goes on. We also noted that the trust have written to Vito, Alessandro, and even Mrs. Bicchetti. Um That's Lillian Condomotti or whatever, however it is. But so far, they haven't had a response from no. any of
0: them. So. You know, keeping true to their behaviour in the past. Yeah, very muted. The fans Trust also looking to fund community shares to raise money, which is essentially selling shares in Loft. So Portsmouth done something similar a couple of years ago and raised over 2 million quid, which is a phenomenal. shot Town done something similar and raised over £120,000. And Jonathan Kaye from Loft uh, did say it is a model that works. Yeah. You
1: can find deeper analysis of the evening on our Twitter page on Guardian Orient's blog, or you can watch the entire meeting on the Loft Facebook page that was filmed by Elliot Byrne. Um, There's a lot that goes on our Twitter timeline, to be fair, so you might be hard pressed. You have to go back quite a lot of tweets yeah. so you might be better off just going to the Love Facebook page and watching the video
0: yeah good video so moving yeah, right. on it Tuesday 14th of March the club announced in the morning that ticket prices for the match against Hartlepool United on April the 17th have been reduced to £5 around the ground for home supporters I mean you know that's brilliant that's really good it's great to see another ticket sent it from the club Yeah. Um, so if you haven't booked your ticket book it now because that could sell out at only a 5 it's better than, it's better than a bog off It works out much cheaper than a bog-off. I absolutely agree, because it's 12 quid for a bog-off. But but can I just also
1: say, I see a few people tweeting saying, what about me, I'm a season ticket holder. If you actually work it out, the cost per game, you've actually paid it off by, I think it's like 12 or 13 or 14 games out of 23. So actually... To get people into the ground, this isn't a bad yeah. bad deal and, and we get as season ticket holders we get a pretty good deal by comparison to what the match day rate actually is. So we need more people in the ground, we need, we need more noise. So please don't knock the club for trying to incentivize people to come. Um, at the moment, you know, we're bottom of league too, we're not exactly a golden day All out said. for someone, are we? So
0: be fair to the club, they are doing their best in difficult circumstances as well. So, that moves us on to Accrington away, which was last Tuesday night, so the team was announced. This feels like ages ago. It does. Uh, Granger in goal, back four of Judd, Hunt, Parks and Kennedy, uh, midfielder Karamo, Moncourt, Collins and Samedo, Massing Dolby up front, substitutes, Sargent in goal, Clark, Mezague, Atangana, Alzate, Abrahams and Lybird. So, that was one change. Um, from the Grimsby match, as Gavin Massey came in for Steven Alzate following his two-game suspension. So for me, yeah, um, like the team, I thought that Dolby might have been rested after the Grimsby game, where he was clearly knackered with about an hour gone. But mm. obviously, Danny wanted to keep playing him. Yeah, no. Simply for me, no
1: surprises really. There, you, you know, you play what you got, and we haven't got a lot. So yeah. Yeah, no, no
0: surprises for me there. Cool. I mean, we'll, um, keep, we'll keep it short and sweet with this match, because yeah, obviously, it's utterly depressing. <laughs> yeah. so the match kicked off. We started with 4-4-2, as expected, with Massey and Cimeno on the wings, with actually Corona supporting Dorby Dolby up front. So, seventh minute, uh, Connolly shoots wide for Accrington, uh, and then Massey linked up well with Dolby before shooting across the goal, and I think it was pretty even in the first 15 minutes. A few chances for both teams, about... Any
1: team scoring. Yeah, a bit frantic though, as there are chances for both teams. Callan Kennedy goes in the book in
0: the 11th minute for a foul on Clark. Yeah, the 14th minute, should have been one down as McCartan ran into a ball uh, that was played into the area, but he shot wide and he should have done better.
1: Yeah, 18th minute, Nicky Hunt defended well from an Accrington attack and takes a knock in the process. He stayed down for a couple
0: of minutes while he was having treatment, but then he's given the all-clear to carry on. Yeah, Nicky Hunt's a bit of a... <clears throat> warrior, isn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, he could be running with half a leg hanging off and he'd still probably want to play so fair play to him 26th minute probably one of the defining moments in the game I shouts for penalties Massey looks to be fouled by Rogers in the box no penalty given so I haven't seen that back but I think a few people after the game as well were saying that looked like a definite stone wall. Yeah. not Giffin, and had that gone in we could be talking about a very different outcome their manager post-match said, we could have had a penalty. Yes, he did. And when, when the opposition manager says they could, could have had, had a penalty, penalty. But he means it was a penalty. Had, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> more Accrington pressure over the next 15 minutes, with already defended well. Massey looking pretty dangerous on the counter.
0: Yeah, and the 43rd minute, Nicky Hunt's injury forces him to come off. Um, so Teddy Mezague came on, with Michael Collins taking the captain's armband once again. Yeah, 44th minute, so just a minute later, unfortunately, Accrington
1: took the lead as Billy Key headed home from a corner... Poor defending again from Callan Kennedy. Um, didn't jump. Didn't look bothered in those situations. To be frank, I, I mean, think it's, I think
0: it's quite appalling. Poor defending. I know he's carrying a groin injury, so he mightn't be able to leap or get off the ground. But then, if he can't leap, then he shouldn't really be on the pitch. Um, or he shouldn't be marking. Yeah, he shouldn't be marking someone. Then yeah. in that case, he should be the outlet. If, if you know you, you switch it around, you know. But a really disappointing time to concede a goal just before half time. If you get it nil nil. You know the halftime team talks massively different to what Danny has to give. So going a one 0 down attendance, a yeah. uh, thirteen hundred and six with one hundred ninety eight travelling away fans. Which so is well amazing. done, amazing. Well done to the one hundred ninety eight away fans. That is a mission, especially on a cold, horrible. Tuesday night, and I don't think it was all that cold though. ground.
1: I think people were commenting that it's actually quite mild. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Well, and I'm seeing people getting home at like fours and fives in the morning, having an hour's sleep, know, and then going to work. work. No. All because they love late in on all I know, it's you need your head tested Right, <laughs> Nigel Atangana replaced uh, Freddie Moncur at half time. I feel that we should give a warning yeah, for those with a, a nervous disposition. Absolutely. I think it's absolutely
0: spot on. We've never actually given a warning before. But this is the first time, so if you have a nervous disposition, please fast-forward the next five minutes of the podcast. Don't turn it off, just skip to around the 17-minute mark, and uh, <laughs> hopefully like, it will still be 1-0.
1: Because capitulation ensues. Yeah, so, yeah just, the second half kicked yeah. off. And they, the jinx of us conceding within the first 10 minutes strikes again, as in the 51st minute, Accrington made it 2-0, as another decent ball into the area by McConville is headed in by Matty Pearson. Granger could have come for the ball maybe Parks could have yeah. been a bit stronger
0: yeah bad defending again Granger <laughs> kind of caught out a little bit but a good ball into the box one of those where the keeper doesn't know to come or to stay Parks a bit hesitant and with two down in 53rd minute Roman Leebird came on to replace Sam Dorboy 62nd minute Caroma intercepted a pass outside the area cut back onto his right foot but saw his shot saved yeah 69th minute um, Callum Kennedy is down for treatment but is okay to play on and in mm. the last 10 minutes just well, from the eighty fourth minute became just a bit of a nightmare. Eighty fourth minute, Atkinson made it 3 0. Sean McConville, to be fair to him, let fly with a brilliant shot from outside the box. Marking wasn't all great, but he still had to put it in the top corner. And he did Grange was quite unlucky there. That well, I
1: dunno, I think that was just a very good goal. Yeah. And but, that's probably the only goal of the five that I would accept as being um not our fault because or right, maybe you could argue that he oh, could have been closed harsh. down quicker, but that goal was a really good goal.
0: I, I would say the fourth goal was also a really good goal, even mm. though it was an own goal. It mm. was an outrageous effort. we're oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 80 yeah. minute. three became four. Sean McConville, who scored that goal we just spoke about, uh, suddenly full of beans from just inside side our half, looks up, sees Granger not on his line, goes for it with an outrageous yeah, effort. Yeah, true. Hits the bar. Granger's diving backwards, hands out, smacks his hand. 4-0. I mean, your luck's against you he lucks against you but an outrageous yeah. from Sean McConville yeah, really. Really. when you
1: lucks in you lucks in and when you lucks out you lucks out yeah, yeah. three minutes of injury time were added on and Akronton made it uh, 5-0 as Matty Pearson gets in on the left hand side and finishes under Granger uh, full time whistle then goes to bring an end to a disastrous game
0: uh, really for was. us
1: really I think that probably goes down as one of the worst results in history uh, of our
0: football club I given mean, our situation and everything else and given Accuritan's position who were like lower mid-table and not so long ago They're were not that far bit above us not so long ago we we're, were in a relegation scrap and I don't think anyone saw that 5-0 come in no one predicted it so Danny Webb told Dulcet Dave after the game he said this is my lowest point in football I'm hurting this is the first performance where we look like a team that is going down Yeah. Danny also said that losing Nicky Hunt was tough but he wasn't making excuses and for me a pivotal point Obviously, Danny had been listening to the podcast a couple of days before. He explained Alex Chizak will be in contention for Saturday and he has three strong keepers and he will make a decision on Thursday or Friday. Your thoughts on that one? To me, I
1: think it's all a lot of nonsense. I don't want to criticise Danny because he's doing a good job in a very, very, very difficult circumstance. But I just don't believe that it was his decision to drop Alex Chizak. And I know I'm not alone in thinking that. He is our senior pro. He is our experienced goalkeeper who, before Danny came along, wasn't really doing much wrong. Okay, he could have done better at times, but who couldn't, given what's in front of him. And at times, and in many games, he kept the scoreline respectably low in and you can see, you know, we've conceded three nil, four nil, five one four one, five nil. We you know we've conceded heavy, heavy defeats which has absolutely caned our, our goal difference our goal difference so that we're so far negative it's another point
0: off. I think I think the only thing you can criticise Chizak for, I think he doesn't come for crosses he never command his box enough. That's, he never has saying that, that. Sam Sargent has done quite well, I would say. His distribution sergeant is very good. Is better than Chizak's. than Chizak's I agree. But Alex would pro- possibly
1: have saved more chances, stopped more goals going in than what Sam or and or Charlie did. Possibly. Which I know is not based on fact, it's based on assumption, but the bottom line is, I think it was ludicrous to drop Alex in the first place yeah, and put help. the pressure on Charlie and Sam to perform in those
0: circumstances. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's an yeah. interesting one because obviously Danny says he's building for the future, Chizak's out of contract in summer. Obviously, going to go was transfer listed. You know, rumours of a move to Warsaw fell through at the last moment. Barnet, I heard he was being shut out. Apparently, him. he was offered to Barnet outside of the transfer window, which I don't know how that works. Mister Gagliardi, you would guess. Yeah. Um, so, it's a difficult one because ultimately, yeah. we're, we're bereft of senior pros,
1: and we're, we're we're running with the with the youth who aren't experienced in in. It, it, well, at senior level. And I mean, Sar- it just doesn't make sense S- that Danny Webb is making that change.
0: Sam Sargent and Charlie Granger are both going to be good goalkeepers. They, they both are good goalkeepers. So it's a, it's a tough one. Like you said, you don't recall really Danny out as being a liar. It's just it's it his
1: decision. I believe that was from upstairs at yeah. the top. I genuinely think that, that
0: that's, that's
1: what happened. He was told that he can't play anymore.
0: Let us know what you guys think. Give us a tweet at, at Orient yeah. Outlook. or give us an email at OrientOutlook.com. So, Danny. Went off uh, and finished by saying it'll be very difficult to lift the players now. I feel very low. So did the players and so did the supporters. And he also yeah. spoke about free headers. It's been the story of the season. Yeah. So that defeat meant that with just nine games to go, we
1: dropped to the bottom of the Football League on goal difference as Newport won away at Morecambe. And they leapfrogged
0: us. Yeah. The full table roundup will follow at the end of the podcast. Yeah, a stat from Matt Bristow. Uh he DM'd us and said, "I'll make it Orient's lowest league position since the second of November, nineteen ninety nine, after a three one loss to Darlington." Wait, that was when I was nineteen years old, which was like an eternity. Ago.
1: Yeah, but I'm sure there's any of the statos out there that, that know. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll possibly uh, correct that if that isn't right. So um,
0: your views in. So you were very annoyed after that game. You were. I wasn't, and it wasn't so much. Annoyed, an, it's not the right word. Yeah,
1: is it? I was just despondent, and yeah. it's just like. Yeah, we've just lost five nil to Accrington Stanley, right? With eleven hundred home fans, like this piddly yeah. little. With all due respect to Accrington Stanley, this piddly little club, <laughs> positioned in the northwest of England between two sort of Championship clubs, like we're now bottom of the league. I think I have to say that this is at uh, that night. This is possibly the lowest moment in my footballing life, arguably, and that's where I ended my thoughts. It I was. Just, like, I have it nothing was. else to yeah. say. But the only other thing I noted was that we have good first halves of football, but shocking second halves. So under Russell Slade, we used to have not so good first halves, but we Came come out stronger. stronger in the yeah. second half. We're a second half team. But now we're the other way around. We start off well. The first, If you go back and look over all our episode plays, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll see that we start off strongly in the first 15 minutes. It's like the kids have just been given a bunch of Red Bull and they're at it. <laughs> right? And a bunch of Haribo and they're gone. They're at it. Whereas the second half, it's like, what the hell goes on at half-time that makes them come out consistently in the last 12 or 14 games that we've conceded in the first 10 minutes? Why is that concentration not there? Good point. Surely they're aware of it. We've spoken about it. I'm sure they're aware of it. Our opponents, do analysis opponents will
0: be aware of it as
1: well. Of course. Yeah. That's the prime time to catch us is between 46 and 55 59. and yeah, yeah. 60. That's, that's the prime time. So I just want to know what the hell goes on in the dressing room and why they come out and concede because it's a regular it's not a one-off it's regular every single week yep. if you if you have that spread betting mm. business you can just go and say Oriental or concede a goal in that time you get paid
0: loads you would do you'd be on Twitter although now the odds would be quite short, short. so you probably wouldn't so my views your views yeah it feels like the end of the line yeah. uh, right on this last Tuesday night you know there'd been a lot of hope um, for the evening and we got battered 5-0 like 5-0 five, like, is a big scoreline yeah. to lose I couldn't believe it yet more injuries to Hunt uh, and Callum, like, who looked unfit by the looks of it. First goal, Callum must be better. Doesn't even get off the ground. That's Easy goal for their man. Second goal, disappointing. Third goal was pretty good for them. Fourth goal, I just put, well. And part of the time the fifth goal went in, you could tell the players just wanted to get into that dressing room get off. And a lot has been made of playing kids. But, you know, in that line-up, in that second half, Massey was playing, yeah. Lee Bird was on, Asangana was on the pitch, Kennedy was on the pitch, Parks was at the back that ain't a team full of naive young 18 year olds you know that's that's some senior pros there so yeah. they're and to concede you know three goals in the final 10 minutes maybe makes the scoreline a bit misleading maybe flatters them but you know if you don't concentrate you lose games by a big margin so really disappointing after so much hope after the last few weeks and we had a massive huge amount of tweets actually after the game, we obviously can't mention them all. Otherwise, it'd be a massive podcast. Yeah, or agree, it. yeah. It's going to be a short one anyway. But we'll just mention a few. So, Tom P1984 gets the ball rolling by saying, any Orient fans saying we're staying up still? Seriously, you need your heads testing. Yeah, Sean Mercer
1: underscore tweeted and said, thank you, Bichetti. Tonight's confirmed the night late in Orient got relegated.
0: You've killed our club. At, Pur- at Purtron says, we are down. The kids have done their best, but the damage was done long ago. We need to look forward towards next season, now. Yeah, Yax
1: Leo said, I'm sorry, but these results, 4-0, 3-0, 5-0, etc., do not show signs of fight or tactical ability. think League 2 is tough just wait and yeah. for me I think that's a really 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 like great one. point I really like, like that. that it's right because you don't just lose games by those margins if your tactical now is not changed and I think one of the criticisms I might have of Danny is that he's in game management he doesn't really change it and he said openly I won't just make subs for the sake of it but you're making subs too late at times and we'll come on to it
0: later mm-hmm. on but I think that I was for me, nail on the head, one of yeah. the best tweets. Good. Yeah. At Jim586 says, let's try and get a new owner in and start planning for next season. Keep what we can and get some experience in to help.
1: Jack R. Rayner said, we have boys playing a man's game. No matter what the effort, we can't match teams and I think I can finally hear the fat lady
0: singing. Yeah. Neil underscore Watson37 says, Webb has done his best, but if we still have a club next season... An experienced manager is required. At Jaffa Shamuti said, As much
1: as I hate to finally, to have to finally concede, we can't save our league status, so let's just
0: concentrate on saving our club. Like that one at SMCCA8421 says, Take administration, take the 12 points, get him out. This is unbearable. Yeah. At
1: of Wallop said, It's a sad day when the best result we can hope for is administration. Biketti has
0: destroyed us Lewis Fear underscore says people say we are the laughing stock of the EFL when all I see is pity no one's laughing at us just shedding a tear yeah at BC AFC
1: Mark now we don't normally read tweets from other fans but we read one out previously and and this guy seems to be very sympathetic to us, so uh, Bradford City fan. I'm absolutely gutted for LOFC. Such a wonderful club with tremendous fans deserves so much better. Yeah. So thank you
0: very much indeed. At Sandcast Nine says it's over. Time to do whatever it takes now to get that cancer, Bischetti, out as soon as possible. At gingeryid
1: ID eighty one, I
0: think that's
1: it. From a convincing win at Newport to two bad defeats against teams with men, the youngsters need more yeah. help.
0: And I think that's a great tweet Another as well. Another good one. Yeah. One Liam Thomas says. You cannot blame <clears> the <throat> young men who stood tall when I used to deal with the fallout of a witless, cowardly buffoon <laughs> at Gary
1: Talbot Seven. One day when all this is over and we have sound ownership, we will have a promotion party at some
0: point to return to League Two. Yeah, and a final word, an acting turn <clears throat> comes from the authentic gaz who says every LOFC fan goes to bed hurting tonight. Absolutely no blame on the players or staff. An unbelievably bad situation. So again, thanks for your tweets, some crackers in there.
1: Yeah, prediction league update surprisingly nobody predicted the scoreline so no one really saw this coming uh, there will be a full prediction league roundup later on in the podcast after the
0: Doncaster yeah. game so Wednesday 15th for March then, in the standard report that the O's have told the Football League they have a plan to settle the unpaid £250,000 tax bill the report also went on to say the club have met league bosses on March 9th and offered financial reassurances to the competition officials and stressed they would be capable of fulfilling their final nine fixtures of the campaign in League 2. And An EFL spokesman did say the EFL met with Leighton Orient last Thursday in the 9th of March to gain a full understanding of the current issues that surround our member club. We were advised that a funding plan is in place to clear the petition debt, currently subject to an HMRC hearing at the High Court on the 20th of March and to complete their remaining nine league fixtures People keep tweeting, they keep flashing up on the screen, right. which is why I'm having problems reading. That's we right. remain in regular dialogue with the club and, as the competition organiser, the EFL will continue to offer, <laughs> they will continue to offer uh, whatever practical assistance <laughs> is available to us as the club continues to
1: navigate itself away from their current position. And the next line for me, the next sentence key, right? is absolutely crucial, so take note if you don't listen to anything else I ever say, this is crucial. The issue of the ownership of the club is not a matter for the EFL as long as our regulations are met. So everybody tweeting the FA and EFL, they're not interested unless we are breaking their rules and regulations and their laws. Which we are not. And at the moment, we are not. So I think that's really, really important for people to understand and really accept. They will not get involved unless we are breaking a law, which we're not. Any sale of the club is a matter for its shareholders at this stage. We will continue to monitor development. So that's the EFL speaking there. So they are aware, they are in touch, they do know, but they're not able to do anything because their regulations really don't permit them to.
0: Yeah, and then also on Wednesday, standard also reported that Barry Hearn has indicated he would allow the O's to play at Brisbane Road rent-free for a season if supporters' groups manage to take control of the club. Yeah. The report also said after conversations between Loft and Hearn Standard Sport understands that the promoter would consider waiving the £180,000 rental bill for the first season under fan ownership. Yep, Leighton and Wanstead MP
1: John Cryer tabled an early day motion calling for a fit and proper person test for football club owners in the wake of the plight of the O's. The motion, submitted in Parliament, proposes club owners should undergo tests to prove they are able to pay creditors. Mr Cryer's motion notes... Deep concern that a winding up order has been served on Lake Norian FC by HM Revenue and Customs due to non-payment of taxes by the club's owner, Francesco Bichetti. It criticises Mr Bichetti's highly dubious business records, including a criminal investigation by the Albanian government and his incompetent stewardship of Lake Norian FC, saying a venerable and well-known community
0: football club is now under threat. I must confess, when we started doing this podcast, I didn't envisage us reading quotes from politicians and MPs into it. Which just shows you how mental you know it have become as a football club in the last two and a half years. Yeah, you know, winding I up orders in this episode alone, winding up orders, quotes from politicians, regeneration court funds, yeah. court appearances. It's mad. What a time to be alive. It's mental. So did you... I tweeted my MP, actually,
1: and I said to him, uh, his name's Wes Streeting, I'm Ilford North, um, and it was Sunday night, It's about 9 o'clock on a Sunday night, uh, and I tweeted him, and he tweeted me back. I think PankP007, was... I think, tweeted him as well, and he, he tweeted us back. He was probably waiting for the latest edition of the Orient Outlook podcast, I'm thinking, where, he is was probably staying up, yeah, where is it? He was probably <laughs> staying <laughs> up waiting for it, and he's like, ah, oh, he's messaged me. The but no, legends. he... Yeah. he, he he was he was really cool. He said I've, I supported John in in Parliament, and you know I've signed it already. So thank you very much indeed. Whereas although you don't listen to the podcast, shame. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> so Next <for> Thursday, <laughs> 16th of March. Again, even the standard uh, reporting on the O's by saying that Francesco Bischetti has taken a renewed interest in team affairs. They say it is thought that has orange situations become more uh, perilous. Bischetti has taken a closer interest. But the thing about this article, there's and no most Evening Standard articles. Good point. No sources. No. No sources. But, you know, there's a few rumours, of, and we've had a few DMs from a few listeners and a few emails saying the same thing. So one to keep an eye on there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, well done. Congratulations to John Baker, who was our first. Regeneration Fund auction item winner with his bid, successful bid of £375 for Kevin
0: Lisby's signed SOM shirt. So well done, Brilliant, John. Well done, SOM shirt. And it was amazing that uh, we was able to give him the shirt on Saturday that we'll come on to Yeah, shortly. So Friday, 17th of March, Physio Peter Webb gives a short statement on Twitter saying, so that's it. My time at Orient has come to an end. It's been a privilege to work for Leighton Orient and I hope this great club can get back to where they should be under these difficult circumstances. The lads have been amazing. and working with them every day. I can safely say that's what's happening. It's hurting them. Thanks for all your support during my time here. I'll catch you in the flip side. All the best. Good luck, Peter Webb. Yeah, it's strange it was to, say. Sh- to leave mid-season when there's only literally, what, six weeks to go. Depends where he's gone. I don't think anyone knows yet or it's been announced. No, but, uh, I just find it a bit odd to change mid-season. I think we covered it, didn't we, last week, that he was pivotal and getting Coxie back on the pitch, McCallum back on the pitch. And we've had loads of injuries over the last Kelly. year and a half. So, yeah, some massive goodness to Peter, wishing well in the future. But Josh Whistle is now expected to step up from the youth team. Yeah. So, we look forward to hopefully keeping him very quiet. Well, he's going to be busy already, isn't he?
1: So Absolutely. Keep
0: you posted on that one. So, also on yep. uh, Friday, youth team player Sam Alderson, was was Billericay Town alone, so we wish Sam good luck there.
1: Yeah, ahead of the Doncaster game, though Danny Webb told George Sessions, Doncaster will see the score from Tuesday and they will come at us all guns blazing. It is another test for everyone, myself and the club, so it certainly won't be easy and we have to make sure we try our best to prove people wrong again. They, There are only so many whacks you can take and if it's not on the pitch, then it's off it. The players are human beings and sometimes you do have to complete sorry sometimes you have a complete off night and every game I have done before this we've always had 7's out of 10 unfortunately at Accrington we were more 5's or 6's so when you have that many people having an off night it is difficult do you know what fair play Danny. I agree yeah,
0: he, he comes up with some good, good quotes he's quite honest he like that in, in his reflection so yeah fair enough so That's
1: Saturday the 18th of March
0: yep yeah, so in the morning the under 18's drew 2 all the way to Southland United thanks to <laughs> a 93rd minute equaliser with both goals coming from Rio Satoru Absolutely, I said it. Well done.
1: Um, as we mentioned just a moment ago, the Doncaster game, um, before the match we were delighted that Super Kevin Lisby could actually present John Baker the signed SOM shirt which he won in the Regeneration Fund auction and John actually said Super Kev is his hero.
0: It was amazing to be able to do that. So we thought that Kevin might be around before the game to do it but we didn't tell uh, John John that, that was the case. we only got our half to and Lisbeth was running late we were like look you can have your shirt now and we can leave you to it or if you wait for 10-15 minutes Kev will uh, present it to you present yeah. it to you and the first that thing John, John said was like what do you think I'm going to say <laughs> like what do you reckon yeah so we waited for Super to turn up presented his shirt way. and he was really chuffed it was really, really nice, nice. And, you know it's great to be able to give our listeners and followers you know, these kind of experiences not that we can offer it to every listener and follower, but if you win an auction yeah. we can arrange something then we'll, we'll we do the best
1: just also while we're talking about Kevin Lisby and while it pops into my mind if anybody is on Facebook Kevin Lisby had some pictures taken at the club recently I know this isn't in the plan but it's just while I think of it uh, he's doing a caption competition which I think ends on Thursday night that's the 23rd of March the winner will get a signed picture the caption um, he, which he will choose and all the money raised will go to he's going to auction it off sign it auction it off with the caption and all that money raised will go into the regeneration fund which he will add £100 to played Super Kev well played Super Kev so that's Kevin Lisby on Facebook just search it add him go through his timeline just find that picture um, and the best comment will win and Brilliant. it's all for the regen
0: fund so play play Super Kev so uh, as well as kind of giving supporters signed shirts and uh, make, make a dream play <laughs> 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 there was a match to be played so Doncaster team was announced of Chizak and goal uh, back fourth Pollock right back Clark Park centre back left back midfield of Karoma Collins uh, Atangana Kelly Samello. with Massey playing as a low man up front subs Sam Sargent Danny Hap, Teddy Mezegay, uh, Moncourt Alzate Dorby and Lieber so that meant five changes from Accrington with Chizak Pollock Michael Clark. Atangana and Liam Kelly starting as Nicky Hunt and Callum Kennedy missed out through injury. So your views on that team? Surprised at the amount of changes to be honest with you
1: but yeah. good to see common sense prevail with Alex back in goal. Yeah. Good From to it. see obviously Liam Kelly back as
0: well. Yeah. 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 I really liked it and you know I could see why Danny put five in midfield for that game. Doncaster, the top green. of the league, running away. Yeah. Obviously wanted to run the ball more in midfield. Good to see Chizak back. For, but sorry for Granger who wasn't mm. in the squad and was a sub for quite a few games and came back, played two games Played a Warrant. I don't think he done too badly. Actually played three games. Um, and then not even in the squad again. Uh, also, before the match, Lisby was there. We bumped into Dean Cox outside the South Stand. <laughs> I think <laughs> Dean Cox bumped into everybody yeah. that day. He he might have signed something that he sent us for the regeneration fund. We might, might have done. confirmed those rumours. We'll keep your eyes on Twitter. He might have uh, posted it to me before he signed it, <laughs> but I got into signing. sign them. Cameron come a week. Top man, uh, top man, Dean. So the match kicked off with the O's kicking towards the South Stand. Decent atmosphere. Uh, funny coincidence referee was Chris Sargentson, who was also referee at Plymouth and funny is he's you know back for Liam's Kelly's first match from yeah it's like a reunion it is um, so first 20 minutes were quite even to be fair
1: with the match being played in midfield and both teams finding it difficult to find ways through Massey was playing as the lone front man for us while Doncaster were playing it out from the back which suits Matt
0: Baldry incredibly you can see why he's doing so well just drops yeah. back Plays those little balls in. Yeah, the two centre backs yeah. drop,
1: the two uh, wing backs go, uh, the left back and the right back go forward a bit, and then he he was pinging it all day long to a guy standing on the centre yeah, spot. Easy, for
0: him in, it in the midfield. And easy.
1: He's, he's a very accurate passer of the game. Easy. Oh, the
0: ball so twenty first minute, good save from Chizak as he gets uh, to Exloney. John Marcus header and yeah. obviously Marcus Loney played a couple of games. I think he played fifteen games, scored one goal. It was out on the wing most
1: of the time, yeah. unfortunately, which is, as you can tell, not his favourite position. So, yeah. still pretty even, but in the 36th minute, Doncaster took the lead, but there are appeals for penalty in the Orient box, which were not given. We then lose possession. The ball comes out to Tommy Rowe, who just pinged it sweetly from the he edge did. of the box, and it really sort of gave Chisak no chance. Uh Marcus was accused of making a gesture in the celebrations to the north stand. Maybe he got some grief before the game. But I don't like, really understand that. He, he
0: didn't really do much. He kind of just... He, he was playing up front with his mate, mate, the, the one who had the ponytail, and they both like just do the fist pumps. And I don't, I don't know. Obviously, we sit in the south stand, so I don't know if they'd been yeah more kind of words before. But um, yeah, unfortunately, go one all a ago, 1-0 down. But poor defending. Obviously, everyone thought they had a penalty. They didn't. The ball came out. I think it was to Clark, and we just lost it. Road just won the ball back, smacked it in again. Poor goal to concede. Forty yeah. fourth minute though, Brisbane Road erupted. There's an orient counter-attack through Tom Parks, who surges down the pitch after winning the ball. Played it to Massey. Ball came loose. Massey was able to win it back. Kept the ball. Played it back into Parks. who then found himself one-on-one with the keeper. And Parks coolly finished it. Really good finish. One of the best counter-attacks I've seen. Really great finish. Really great finish from Tom Parks, who just finished it in, uh, back in the net. And the south stand went absolutely bananas.
1: Yeah, and for the first time in my life, I ran to the front where we sit. And I cheered till I nearly lost my breath and passed out. And then <laughs> I think Kev, um, Kevin, one of the guys who sits near us, I've just felt this massive arm come round my throat. Like <sighs> so I'm choking a bit. But um, everyone was... Because uh, I think that law of the goalkeeper was giving it a bit as well when they he scored. He was, he did. So yes, we yeah, were, yeah. I think he got quite a bit back. I dropped my phone. I chipped, chipped my phone in the in the excitement and all the chaos of it all. But luckily enough... Um, Kevin's mate gave it back to me which was very generous very kind small of me. small price to pay for uh, seeing an orange go. it was girl. worth
0: every second of it <laughs> I'll take
1: that chip as a memory forever
0: oh lovely lovely way of putting it so half time whistle went after one minute of injury time was played and went in at half time one Or well, for me decent first half great way to end it everyone was really positive and I was saying before the match I thought we were going to win the game 1-0 uh, and at half time I was saying oh, it'll be alright we'll win 2-1 I just had a feeling um, for me I thought that Collins played very well and I thought Parks. Played very well. I was really happy with that. Mm. So He did. He, did. I, I think happy. arguably one of his best games, to be fair. Uh, attendance was
1: 4,791 with 816 travelling fans, which is a decent turnout for them. Yeah. A bit poor on us it there's only 3,900 home fans, but yeah. we, and it,
0: for where well, we're at, it's not too bad. Obviously, we've done a, a, our first uh, <laughs> warning... Uh, the second half prior to the Atkinson game about turning off you might want to turn off again to about the 42nd or 43rd don't turn moment. off just fast forward fast forward sorry because the second half um, if you don't know the score we'll kind of not not tell you but don't be surprised uh, with the outcome so second half kicks off no subs uh, and i got to say first 10 minutes we just looked all over the place couldn't literally put a pass together see no so what others. happens at half time well I think Doncaster obviously I reckon Ferguson got him and said look boys come on we should be We shouldn't have let them score that goal. Let's just pound them in the second half. Let's just not give them any time on the ball. And let's just get on them and not give them any time. And that's what they've done. Mm. And they were putting us under pressure really early in that second half. We were playing much deeper. And they capitalised really. the 50th minute. Marcus had a decent chance. But Jard had done spectacularly well to get back to deflect his shot over. Yeah, he did. Uh, It was
1: coming, though, unfortunately, in the 55th minute. John Marquis got his goal as he pounced on a loose pass from oh, Aaron it's Pollock. Pollock. Yeah, it's Pollock. From Aaron Pollock. So basically Aaron Pollock's on the edge of the eighteen yard box and he's passed it back across goal. Back across the eighteen-yard yeah. box, so he's on the right-hand edge as you look from the south stand, and he's pinged it straight back across. I'm thinking, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Mark was it up. He took a touch and drilled the ball into the net. He runs off, giving it a bit of jip to the to us in the south stand. We weren't really giving him any grief, no, but no, we weren't. So he it's a bit stupid. He's just a bit of an idiot. Obviously. Very
0: very confident finish. You can see why he's doing so well there. Like it suits his game as well. Playing like with the strikers around him, brilliant finish. Never done Orient. Never like got into that position. Great finish and. That golf team to not staffing out of us, you know. But crowd kept on supporting, good noise and what I'll say. It was Pollock's mistake, but he's a young man, a young centre back playing as a right back.
1: But but I'm sorry, but when when do you ever when the away team when the opposition are camped in front of you when do you ever square it across? Yeah, you you but, uh, get yeah. rid. That's a that's not even a schoolboy error. That's not even Hackney Marsh's error. That is like what are you doing for it's me? Silly, yeah. I, 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 it might sound <clears> harsh, <throat> but if he's ever done that in a youth game. And they've not coached that out of him, then shame on whoever his coaches were. Okay, I'll leave, I'll
0: leave that one there. Uh, 67th minute, Now Mason drugs Gavin Messi across the floor. Both got booked for their reactions. See, Gavin fronted the guy, bookings. didn't he? He's... Puffed out his chest. Well, he, he can't get He just needs now, to calm him. down sometimes, though, because you can see him getting two bookings in a game. If he gets yeah. booking early on, he just needs to calm himself down Very a little true. bit. And in, 69 minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah, should have been 3 1, really, but Judd's interception falls to May. Who dragged his shot wide from close range? Should which have was scored. A Great let off. Should have scored. That seventy
0: third minute, probably an even bigger let off. Another big miss for Doncaster, who counted brilliantly. Yeah, they did. Uh, Comber just uh, broke, I think, on their on their left, their right. Yeah. He put a ball into the middle, and Williams was all by himself, just past the penalty spot. Which is to beat. Beaches act, but pull it over the bar. I mean, I don't know how he missed that. Defense completely nowhere. Yeah. Um, John, who sits with us, actually made a good point saying he thought the left side of defence were doing really well in Jordan Parks coping with Doncaster. He was saying it was the right-hand side of Clark and Pollock who were just getting caught out and inexperienced was just they were just being battered by an experienced frontline in Doncaster. Yeah,
1: in the 77th minute, Sam Dolby came on for Josh Caroma. Dolby went up front to support Massey. Collins goes to the right as we look for an equaliser. And, and for me, it's like, we're 77 minutes in. Why are you making a change so late? Make it in the 60th minute. Make it in the 65th. Like, 77? Yeah. You're giving the guy 15 minutes. Like, I, I just don't understand why you leave it so late. I just don't get it.
0: Eight-second minute. Following more chances. Doncaster killed secured the game off. Jordan Marquis coolly finished uh, from a good run from McSheffrey on their left, from our right. Josh. Put the ball in. Great finish. Game over. Shows you the strength and depth that they can bring Board on Gary McSheffrey as a substitute. Unbelievable.
1: 86-minute, though. Doncaster made it 4-1. As former own Matthew Baudry volleyed in superbly from a corner. He doesn't celebrate, and I got a bit confused, because their number six Butler, I yes, think, was running off I thought, celebrating yeah, yeah. like he'd he scored it, yeah. and Matt Baldry was, was sort of walking off. Um, I don't get why Butler was was running off as if he'd scored the goal. No idea. Props to Matt Baudry to, Absolutely. for walking away. In the supporters' club after, Coxie went to him, what are you doing? What did you think you were doing? Like, what are you scoring for? <laughs>
0: it was quite funny but he took it well as he was walking back as it was announced I don't think people realised it was Borgia who scored I certainly didn't and when the I said goal scoring at Borgia everyone just kind of clapped clapped and gave him his juice out of respect yeah Yeah. 87th minute Stephen Alzate came on for Nigel Atangana why?
1: (laughs) 3 minutes of injury time were played and the full time whistle goes as the Orient slipped to another home defeat at an emotional Brisbane road Danny Webb said, "I think survival is a possibility until it's mathematically impossible. Well, that's a fact, really, but but realistically, it's going to be very tough. We are conceding a lot of goals. There is a lot of na- naivety out there. I think there's a lot of heart and promise in our play, but there are mistakes. I'm hoping that by the start of next season, if we are still going, then those mistakes will be eradicated." Yeah,
0: Danny went on to say there has been no communication about what way is going to go on Monday, so we are all left guessing and in the lurch. Then you were trying to lift a load of players against a top team, so it's very tough, and they can only be lifted so much. It's frustrating because the older players, I'm sure, were promised the world in the summer,
1: and it hasn't turned out that way. Now they find themselves scrapping down the bottom, and at the same time, I'm asking them to help out the youngsters. So they have a lot on their shoulders. I have a lot on my shoulders, but
0: we are giving it our best shot. Yeah, so why is it there from Danny's league table? So that defeat meant we are still bottom of League 2, and the Football League, 92 out of 92. So we've now played 38 one, only nine, drawn five, lost 24, 32 points, and the goal difference is getting absolutely battered now. Minus 26, with eight games left to play. Yeah. So, your views on that one, Mr. Levy?
1: I think, all in all, we set up what looked like a 4 with Collins and Kelly sitting back. Packing out the midfield isn't a bad idea to try and stop Doncaster playing. However, some basic errors from the players have really cost us. As I said earlier, what was Aaron Pollock thinking when he squared it to Marquis who scored... I find it really frustrating that Danny doesn't make sub changes until really it's too late in the game. We're always chasing a game, so why not make subs sooner? And you know you can make three changes a game, so just go for broke. If it doesn't work, then we haven't lost anything, as we were losing anyway. And also, why not change tactics mid-game if something isn't working? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know we've, we've constantly picked out the fact that Judd is targeted as a right-back. Well, this time it was the left back, sorry, the right back, which was Pollock
0: yeah, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and
1: Clark. So, why not get more support over that way? Um, as much as I really don't want to pick out players, I have to say that Sandro Semedo needs to be dropped. Whether he's exhausted or his head's gone, for me, he just doesn't offer enough in a game to warrant him having a space. And I know we're thin on numbers, but you know ultimately, you, you're carrying him, really. Uh, lack of movement on and off the ball really hinders us. He should be making runs. He doesn't. He stands next to the guy. He's passed it to. I don't know what he's expecting yeah, yeah. when he should be making a run on, so that he can be fed. There are so many times where you've got our man with two people in front of him. Sandro just has to run, and then he's yeah. fed the ball through, and he's in on goal. He can be so much. He can be much more dangerous than what he what he actually is. Credit to Parks, in my opinion, who had his best game. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Superb run for the goal. And finally, credit to a friend of the podcast, Matt Baldry, who scored a beautiful goal, but didn't celebrate.
0: Yeah. Your nice view. Yeah, I thought the first half was alright, we'd done well. Second half was just suicide. You know, we were lucky to lose 4-1 in the end. It could have easily been 6. Um, Pollock, like I've said, had a tough game at right back, but I can't criticise him. I thought Collins played very well again. Again, one of Collins' best game. Massey done... Okay, he's not a forward but he was he done alright even though I think he's more effective on the wing. But how we just miss a Paul McCallum figure, how we miss an even Ollie Palmer figure, which is ridiculous of me to be saying that. Uh, I thought Park's had his best game in no shirt. Thought Judd done well. I mean, Judd always does well. He is always he done well. Won't surprise anybody if he goes to a bigger no, club. We were anyway. saying that, weren't we, on Saturday? Chizak, yeah. I thought Chisak done okay, actually. I, I d- do. I think. Despite th- conceding four goals, I think I, th- I don't think he had a chance of any of the goals. I think Sergeant or Grange is conceding those four as well. I don't yeah. think they're saving those. Uh, respect to Audrey for not celebrating. Slightly disappointed in Marquis, although you could argue he was only here for fifteen games. <laughs> Betty got on the pitch. Yeah. Don Castle, best team I've seen all season by a mile. Of Brisbane Road. They played to their strengths and were fantastic. We couldn't cope with them in the second half. They'll go up as champions easily. So. Yeah, I accept that as well. So those were our views.
1: Your views. Len M4 said Donnie were far superior today, but that was to be expected. Now to our biggest battle of the season on Monday. Yeah. And just before you go on the next ones, Matt Baldry said in the supporters club afterwards, he said they found that first half really hard. Yeah, I'm and sure, that, they and they did. were quite pleasantly surprised at how good they were.
0: And again, we tire in the second half, so you know we invite pressure. Yeah, by being so tired, exactly. Like a Wogan says, "Didn't really look like we knew what to do going forward, other than pass it to Gam." Pleasantly chirpy crowd, all the same. And it was, it was, a, it was a great atmosphere. It
1: was yeah. Think. At Chaz porch, just seen Dean Cox outside the supporters' club and
0: heard him say, "Didn't think it'd be that bad, but it really is." Yeah. At Orient <laughs> fan TV. He said we lost today to the champions. The young lads gave it their all. Big Battle again on Monday. Let's hope we win that one. Hashtag save Orients.
1: Yeah, I am underscore MO said class of class of baldry not to celebrate. We looked okay at one all, but as soon as it went 2 1, it was over, and Doncaster
0: found it easy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Dean Middlehurst says, Massey pointed to feet and wanted it played on the floor, but Samello kept putting it long and high. <laughs> We had too many unforced errors. Yeah, Paul Staines,
1: 86, said, Don't help that the defenders want to play at the back and they nearly gifted them
0: three or four goals, but we didn't deserve that. Yeah, attached to underscore services. Fair play to Norcaster. Deserved the win, but disrespectful gesture from John Marquis was not needed at all. Shows a lack
1: of professionalism as well. Yeah, it does. You know, part of going back to an old club is getting a bit of stick. Yeah, yeah. You know, um,. Alan, MCLA1, said their second goal was suicide on our part. We took too long to get the ball forward. And Doncaster used that to control the
0: game. Yeah, good point there from Alan. D. David Hughes says, Michael Collins never stops working. Tireless performance again yesterday. Playing with so many inexperienced youngsters. has yeah. also been mentally draining, so he can never switch off. He deserves more recognition for the shift he puts in. Collins, quit, quit, for, me, yeah. Collins for me, is starting to like him. I was a bit non-fussed, really, when he signed. I thought he was doing okay. not Not amazingly well. Uh, but I think the last couple of games has been really good. I liked him, went off him, I'm starting to like him again. What about Nigel? How are you feeling about Nige? Well he's let me down. Nige
1: has let me down. He's just obviously he's not had a run of games, but when he has played, he did alright. He did okay at times he on to be Saturday. Better, but yeah, there's just I mean look, everyone's head's gone. Yeah. I mean you think you're gonna be faced with a winding up order. It's yeah, your it's job. Are you gonna get paid?
0: Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Because they're not norm-
1: they're not they're not millionaire footballers, you know, these are everyday Everyday there. guys, you know. Final words this week go to two tweets we had came in. John Macken, 1987, tweeted saying, Stuff the game, the football is irrelevant. All about Monday now.
0: Hopefully, the end of Biketti. Hashtag Pray for Orient. And at Pandemonium, 1881, said, Four, So that unfortunately, the football means nothing at the moment with a much bigger match to come on Monday. So thanks for all the tweets that we had yep. uh, following the game on Saturday. Uh, and keep sending us your tweets. So, Prediction League update. Um, a few people actually got this bang on at Orient Meat Pie at Tommy TV at Remy underscore oneless at an unexpected item zero all predicted a four one loss so no change at the top of the British prediction league O'S basing still top Nino Barone, 27 second MP Allen 222 two third full table can be found on our Facebook page. Yeah, fancy football update for those of you that are
1: doing it. Elliot Hartfree pierce still leads the league. If he doesn't win this league, that would be like the biggest upset.
0: He's a, he's not that far ahead.
1: He's not, but he's always managed to keep like 10, 20 points ahead. and He's on 1,645 points now, with Barry Underwood in second place on 1,627. So there's only 18 points in it. You moved up to
0: 25th with yeah. Lukaku. Lukaku took out Kane, brought in Lukaku, made him a captain. I'm expecting that call from Mr Bichetti any time now once he uh, hears how good you my, might get uh, the job my head of recruitment I hope so I know he listens so uh. you might get head of recruitment <laughs> mate yeah also on Saturday um, after the match groundsman Joe Newton announced that he's leaving the club to take up a role at Fulham so Joe's done some amazing work on that pitch I think he's won a few awards and um, we wish Joe all the best with um, just for, like groundsman it's Colin like, no, it's with Col- what's his name
1: Colin James Yeah, like that, yeah. working together there um So, that covers that. So, we are now going to be moving on to Sunday the 19th of March. At yep. midday, we announced the next autumn auction item, which is a signed match-worn John Mackey shirt. We wore the shirt two years ago for the prostate cancer charity match. The bidding kicked off actually in the supporters club yep. between two anonymous people. Uh, so that started at £220. Um, so we put that up for auction. This shirt will run, this shirt auction will run until the 24th of March at eight o'clock. So get bidding. And for clarity, you can email us Outlook.com or you can DM your bid to us on Twitter. So just to be clear on that, John Mackie's match warm prostate cancer charity shirt. Bidding starts at £220. Get bidding now, please. Yeah, well, bidding's already
0: started, so if you want it, you have to go over £220. And you do. All proceeds go to the Leighton Orient Regeneration Fund. Also on Sunday, the ladies' team beat Oxford Ladies 2-0 with goals from Ellie and Nastir. Meaning they're top of the league by one point, three games in hand, and a plus 65 goal difference. God, well, that well, is that would ridiculous. Be like in our so, situation? Well done, ladies. So now moving on to the pivotal uh, day It was yesterday, Monday the 20th of March. So the court case we would all been waiting for. So we all woke up a little uneasy in the morning. Yeah. And it must be said a little nervous. So thank you to everyone who retweeted our morning tweet. You know, biggest engagement tweet that we've ever had in nearly three years seen on I think over 26,000 people's timelines which is amazing and yeah. on the back of that we received so many messages from supporters of all other clubs You know, loads from Charlton as you would expect and from Coventry quite a few from Blackpool quite a few from Huddersfield mm. um, that was surprising loads from Tottenham uh, and even a few from that club who we shan't name just in yeah, the no, we can say so
1: in, in the, in the uh, spirit of good nature West Ham were, were in there as well there was Portsmouth fans there were yeah, lots of Portsmouth it's fans brilliant. as
0: well so really brilliant. nice to see so well done to Guardian Orient who live blogged the event credit to Lofty represented the fans' interest robustly and professionally um, and even though the court case was number 75 <laughs> it made it to the court at around 11.35 11.40 uh, and a quick summary um, from the Guardian blog who said once the hearing starts, it is revealed that Bichetti has settled in full the debt to HMRC that caused the case to be brought forward. But four other creditors have come forward, including the club photographer who is owed £6,000 and the company which supplies matchday stewards, which is owed just over £18,000. Bichetti's lawyers state that he intends to inject £1 million into the club within the next eight to ten weeks, and the local council is also a creditor. And after some dispute, the case has been adjourned till the 12th of June. So, to find out a little bit more about yesterday, we are delighted
1: to say that we are now joined on the phone by Adam Michelson, who is on the LOF committee. Adam, welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, and thank you for for giving up your time to speak to us. Can you just summarise for us uh, briefly what happened yesterday, please? Good good evening, gentlemen. Um, Well,
2: I I mean, it was a normal procedural hearing to the extent that, uh, in, in, in layman's terms, HMRC... Um, a broader case against the club, um, a a winding up petition. In in other words, they they sought from the court originally uh, that the the registrar of companies would wind the company up um, to liquidate it, to settle its debts to its current creditors. And they did so because they saw no other prospect of being paid Um, As it turned out, I mean, it's a normal procedural issue that that, that any creditor can can do this after after a period of time Um, and they they sought that relief and HMRC, in actual fact, as a a matter of policy, uh, tend to go after football clubs quite quickly because uh, football clubs are in a slightly peculiar position in so far as they have what's called a preferential creditor rule from the Football League. In other words, football creditors get paid before anybody else does in the event that the club's not solvent. What that means is that HMRC tends to get stand behind you know, football creditors and, and by that I mean anybody in the game that, that, that's owed money from transfer fees or from wages or whatever it might be. Um, uh, and the net result is that they that they tend to seek um, the court's assistance in recovering their money quicker than perhaps they otherwise would do. Now, as it happens, in the period between them issuing the, the, the petition and the hearing taking place, which was yesterday. Um, they paid, uh, the, the bill was paid um, and so HMRC themselves withdrew. What happened yesterday was that um, a number of other creditors came forward and as is their right, um, effectively enjoined themselves to the action. In other words, uh, they said to the court, well, hold on, uh, if HMRC are going after their money, we'd quite like to go after ours as well um, and enjoy the same rights that, that HMRC are enjoying in, in, in trying to get the club uh, liquidated in order that we can be paid um, in the the, the the courtroom yesterday there were there were uh, four other creditors that were listed um, two of whom were, were were looking for what's called substitution um, which is the, the process by which they, they say hold on we'd like our money as well um, it was what's called a first hearing. In other words, this was the first time it had been before the registrar. And normally, in those kind of situations, you would expect the court to give give the the, the organisation, in this case, the football club, a chance to pay its debt. So normally, you would expect to get an adjournment of some sort. Um, at the hearing, um, the court heard from uh, HMRC's uh, counsel, their barrister. It heard from um, Loth's counsel, who had had um, got into a situation where we were then representing some creditors uh, and also 84 minority shareholders, both all of whom had been kind enough to issue us with power of attorney to act on their behalf, and it also heard from from uh, from the club's counsel, barrister representing the club itself, um, and over the course of the five or six minute hearing, um, the the club's barrister represented to the court. That uh, Mr. Bischetti will be injecting a million pounds into the club in order to to uh, pay its debts over the next eight to ten weeks. The court, as a as a normal matter of course, if it's not heard from you before, would will will, will prima facie accept that sort of, of, of statement uh, as a general rule. And as such, the registrar uh, heard from all of the parties, and then and then. Um, took the decision
1: to adjourn the case until the, the, the 12th of June to allow uh, those bills to be paid. So we're not... So that's a brilliant roundup up There's some bits of information up. that I hadn't actually uh, realised. So we're not out of the woods yet.
2: Far from it. Um, look, the fact is, guys, that the, the reason that the club is, is, is in court... Uh, defending itself against a winding up petition is because it hasn't paid its bills. Mm. Uh, and the reason that it hasn't paid its bills is because up to now, Mr. Bichetti has has, has failed to inject sufficient money into the club to, to, to cover those bills. So whilst the court may well accept um, that, that uh, and as a matter of procedure, the court would accept at first hearing, the, the the claim from the club that they're going to inject sufficient monies into it in order to to pay the bills you will understand that some of us are sceptical given the fact that it's taken a court case for them to represent that they're going to do that
1: yeah hundred yeah, percent even referring back to Alessandro's poorly worded statement a couple of well a few weeks ago now that said that within reason he'll be he'll be put in the you know the sensible reason that the money will be going in so assuming that. I mean, look, just just to keep it real simple, Adam. If everyone gets paid, then there's no need for the court hearing in June, right? If every, if everybody gets paid, there's no need for the court hearing in
2: June. Well, rather, there would be a hearing. There'll be a return date because when you when you when the court adjourns, they will expect to hear from you again, irrespective of what happens. But what you would normally expect to happen at that point would be that the the that a uh, counsel, the barrister representing the creditors, will come into court and say, we've been paid in full and as
1: such we're withdrawing our action. It's a formality at that point if okay. those bills are paid. Okay. And obviously, in a worst case scenario, if they're not paid and they're still outstanding, then those outstanding creditors will will reappear in court on the 12th of June and say, I'm still owed my money. Do you know what happens next if that should be? I, I, well, I, I do know what happens next. There
2: are a number of possibilities. Um, first of all frankly if the bills aren't paid given the the, the amount of publicity that there's been surrounding this case um, I would fully expect some of the other creditors to come forward at this point um, and and enjoy themselves in the action also so instead of the ones that that were in court on, on, uh, on Monday, on yesterday I would expect there to be you know a significant number more who would think well hold on if hmrc are having their, their bills paid by 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 taking these people to court well maybe we'll have a go and see if we can get our bills paid and quite rightly so i mean these are yeah. you know most small of the the, the the creditors in this particular situation are community organizations they're small businesses that yeah. are owed money by this man it's not right yeah. um so I, I you know one thing i want to make absolutely clear as a loft as committee member is that in no way um, do we consider any of these people, that the creditors that are going after what's rightfully theirs, to be in any way in the wrong? Um, yeah. And I include in that HMRC because the, 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 the money that HMRC are owed are public funds uh, that, that never belonged to the club in the first place. Um, so, you know, anybody that, that, that would say, oh, you know, the, the big bad HMRC government, you know, yeah. we wouldn't agree with that. And I just want to put on record that, that, that any and all of the, 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 the creditors that are owed money Um, Loft would support those people being paid absolutely in full Um, and and indeed it's part of our our, our strategy um, to look for a change in in ownership for the club Um, in in order that those those community suppliers and indeed HMRC are are paid properly.
1: Couldn't agree with you more, could not agree with you more, when you've got bills to pay you've got to pay them. Uh, you know, no, no one is immune from that whether you're a, a rich Italian business person or whether you're just Joe Schmoe on the street you've got to pay your bills um, just one quick question just before we do end like, up what was it like in court I'm assuming the court don't usually get massive crowds for these well bizarrely things. enough
2: uh, the court for a winding up petition is, is, is a peculiar sort of, 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 of beast it's not like you would expect on, you know, on Judge Rinder or on, on, you know, Perry Mason. It's a, it's a, it's a much more formulaic uh, outcome, and you would expect the court to hear over the course of a morning maybe 150 or 200 cases, each of which will last, you know, a minute or two, no more than that. Um, just as a description, you know, it, it was a perfectly normal day, in so far as maybe it was slightly busier than normal, in so far as there was maybe 10 or 15 Orient supporters. Um, that were that were sat at the back of the court. Um, you know I was there and I was there with our legal counsel just to to to, to, well, to keep an eye on what was going on. and if there was a decision that needed to be made urgently, I was there to take it. Um, but frankly, you would expect the court to be a bit of a of a of a sort of a bear garden um, because there are so many cases being heard and people are wandering in and out all the time, both both uh, uh, litigants and defendants. Uh, and also, counsel are wandering in and out because, you know, there'll be upwards of twenty-five barristers in court at any one time who are only there to, to maybe speak in one or perhaps two cases. So they'll come in and they'll say their piece and they'll leave. It's a very fluid sort of organisation. It's not like a trial.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but but to be truthful, it, it it was like a normal day at the at, at the registrar's court. Okay. Yeah, it got a bit more it got a bit more interesting when we got outside, of course, because there was <laughs> you know a significant number of of, of, of of Orion fans there who were, you know, rightfully worried about their club. And there was and there was the media scrum who who, you know, clearly this is an important story. We're very grateful to, to those people uh, and to and to the media for supporting us and, and, and keeping the, 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 the glare of publicity on this man, because frankly Right now, I consider that publicity, no matter who it comes from, as being one of the things that's making life difficult
0: for him to do what yeah, he wants. Absolutely, absolutely. And then just to finish up, then, so Loft obviously done some amazing work in the last couple of weeks, months, planning, um, getting the scenarios together. Loft, nothing changes. Keep working behind the scenes. Well, uh,
2: there are there are. How can I put this? There is a school of thought that says actually we're in more danger now than we were on Monday. Um, for a variety of reasons. Um, not least of which there is, there is there is a technical option open to to, to the club um, or to, to, to Mr. Piketty as the owner, which is to pay off all of the debts and then voluntarily close and liquidate the company. Um, now, you know, you, under normal circumstances, you think what lunatic in their right mind would do that? But... The man has form for doing this with sports clubs, I mean I've been, you know I was very clear about this at both the public meeting and the previous loft meeting, Um, you know he did this for no apparently good reason at at Roma Volley Club, Um, so you know the fact that people are being paid doesn't in and of itself guarantee that the the club will be in existence as 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 a going concern. On an ongoing basis. Now, you know, it'll give all kinds of interesting ramifications with our friends at the, at, the, at the EFL and at the FA, because I'm sure it's never happened before that a club's been voluntarily liquidated in that way when it was solvent, uh, which is what it would be if it paid all of its debts. Um, but that notwithstanding is something that we have to be alive to. Um, and furthermore, you know, we've, other than the, the, the statement that was made in court yesterday, um, we so far have no evidence that, that, that Mr Piketty is going to pay his bills. Um, if he doesn't pay his bills, we're going to be back in court on, on the 12th. Um, and when we get into court on the, on, on the 12th, the court won't be quite so forgiving to, to, to grant further time, unless they can show prima facie evidence that something's actually happening. If it's not, at that point, the court may very well look to grant uh, uh, mm-hmm. the winding up petition. Um, in which case the club will be liquidated. In that instance, we would, as, as Loft, be alive to to the prospect, which, as you know, has been discussed at some length, um, uh, of a possible administration to 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 allow a possible buyer to engage with 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 the owner that would then become um, a, a firm of insolvency practitioners that would be answerable to the court and to the creditors rather than to Mr. Bicchetti.
0: Hmm yeah well wow. well,
1: let's hope that that day doesn't come, and let's hope that he just pays the debts, sells up and drives off in his in his bentley or his rolls-royce and and never to be seen in e10 again Adam, <laughs> yeah. thank you very much indeed um that is a fantastic roundup and a right. real great thank explanation you. so thank you so much and and credit to you and to the loft committee and everybody um that that has got us to where we are today and to be able to explain in such a succinct and, and easy to understand way. You are our credit to everybody. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. All thank the best. Cheers, Adam. Take care. You too. So, um, yeah, uh, what, what a great roundup. And there's some information in there that I wasn't overly aware of, to be honest with you. So, thank you very much again, Adam.
0: Yeah, likewise, a superb roundup. So, just goes to show how much is being done behind the scenes. Yeah. And also goes to show that it's not over yet by a long way. And, you know, Adam makes a great point of saying, it could in fact be even worse you know, going into the twelve. so yeah. we just hope it all gets sorted out so your views on yesterday? Yeah, great news that we
1: haven't been wound up means we get to live to fight another day we now need Bichetti to pay his debt sell up and go ASAP how have, um, how has Francesco, Alessandro and Vito allowed things to get so bad that we owe so yeah. much to so many if the debt to HMRC was paid why couldn't Alessandro put a club statement out? Why couldn't he have said, "Oh, it's paid last week. Yeah. We've done it," but yeah. we do owe other people, and we're sorting that out. Why couldn't? Why? Why is such disdain and disrespect shown to people who care about the club? All right, we might not be their favourite people, but this is our club. Absolutely. Um, you know, current employees were also kept in the dark. Would it have hurt so much to send an internal memo round saying, "Guys, don't worry, your jobs are safe. We've paid the debt, and we're sorting out the other bits. We've just been a bit crap at keeping up with the bills and whatever. We've been distracted because yeah, we've yeah. had this, that, and the other going. Whatever it may be." Just to tell people, just yeah, to say, just good to points. treat people with a bit good of respect. Good points.
0: Yours? Mine. It's a double edged sword, isn't it, really? Like, the bill's been paid, and we're all fantastically happy about that. Leighton like, you know, it still exists, and that's amazing. But the negative is that Bischetti is still in control of the club, you know, and if he comes up uh, with the £1 million, then the, he, the club is still his, and yeah. we, we can't do anything. But, you know, lots of fans are happy, you know, the bill was paid, and we didn't go into administration which definitely would have meant, rele- meant relegation from the football yeah, league. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the moment, we're still in our hands. Reign. So it's, it's a strange one. You know, still in our hands. We'll lift the fight another day, don't we? There was a no-win out of that, if you look at it that way. There yeah, was a no-win, because yeah, if yeah, he pays yeah, yeah. it,
1: he's still there. But the benefit is we don't go into administration and lose 12 points. The the, the, the flip side to that is we go into administration and lose 12 points, but we get the yeah, I mean, the, so the win-win situation
0: is a bit... If, you know we sort out on the pitch and don't yeah. get relegated yeah. and if he pays and then sells which is yeah. what you'd win 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 do so loads of views it was a very emotional day it was an emotional day just reading the tweets you know I aimed to try to get to the court but I, I couldn't get down there I thought it was going to be heard a bit later than what it was so I, we couldn't make it down yeah. there but very emotional loads of emotional tweets coming in just a few views that we got at Steve Nugent UK said he's playing with us fans HMRC debtors buyers and the club's future. There's more debts. There's more de- debtors. Sorry, how deep does this hole go? Yeah, acquiesce and
1: taking this as a good indication that he will sell. Hopefully, we can put energy into escaping relegation
0: over the next month. A fleety LoFC <laughs> is. He clearly doesn't care about the club, but he does care about his money. Injecting one million to repay debts is a good sign of selling. Yep, at
1: LOFC1978, we still have a club to support. For now, I will take that with both hands and a
0: huge sigh of relief. Speno011 says, I just want Bichetti gone. Why did he create the circus show? He could have paid the HMRC long ago why oh why and that's a great point he didn't didn't need all this really he could have no. paid it and to put out statements and we've paid it we've got to go to court just to say we paid it yeah, that's what I said to be all this media yeah. business but don't worry and like you said to not tell people probably at the club that he's already paid it is it's disgusting Wellzios tweeted us saying "Buyer
1: wants the Madman to clear the million pound and the deal will go ahead uh, conference with Baskins at the helm question mark da, 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 oh dear
0: at Bendy Bollard says we are no better off to think that he's put all the fans and staff through the mill for no reason, terrible times. Good good tweet there, Ben. Yeah,
1: Kevin underscore Ellen underscore uh, gets the final word this week on this. He says, we are still shafted, but less shafted than absolutely shafted, which I think is
0: a really nice one to remember. Very good. So moving on to today, to round it all off in Tuesday, 21st of March, Guardian Orient report that the council has confirmed the club has amassed a £30,000 bill the health and safety support, which is yet to be settled. And he also owes the borough £5,000 for the use of the Score Centre, which is the sports facility opposite the Matchroom Stadium.
1: Yep. At five o'clock, we announce the next auction, auction item. I can't say that word today. Auction should, item. Should, have, should, have,
0: should have blagged it as a French word.
1: We we uh auction. <laughs> <Jean. Jean>. Auction <laughs> item. <laughs> it probably is a French word. Uh, up for grabs. We've got Matt Baudry's 2013-14 season signed shirt from his private collection. Which was actually at his parents' house in France. So thank you to Matthew for that. Um, I got it off him in the supporters' club, and his parents actually bought it over from France when they came last week. So thank you, Mister and Missus Belcher. Superb Baldry.
0: donation. You can have that shirt. That could be yours. Just get bidding. Email us and DM us. And put where are we with that in. at the moment? Hundred and forty. I 140 think. Hundred and forty quid. Hundred and forty. I'd, I'd hope that would go for a lot more. Uh, and I'm I am sure it will. will. I'm that, sure it will. That bidding ends for that on Sunday, Sunday. night at eight pm. You know. But Baldry scored in Monaro in that t shirt in that shirt, done some amazing oh, wow. defences in Good that memory. shirt. Probably wore that in the playoff semi final at Brisbane Road. But we said to him, Who did you wear that against? He said, That was my shirt. Didn't doesn't didn't he have more my shirt, shirt for the so. season, yeah. So um, There you amazing. go, a bit of history there, guys. Yeah, and at eight PM our Moses or the Bajo auction ended. And congratulations to so Nick Roche, who won that for £300. That's £300 for... His whole shirt. 375 for Lisby, so uh, donations so far 675 We've got Mackie's shirt we've already spoken about. That That's £220 still on. Quid at the minute. 220 we've got. So we we'll get bordering. a grand, I tell you no, no question. There's still some amazing... There's still some amazing bits and pieces to come out of that. We huge. have got...
1: Over the next week to 10 days, we've got probably one announcement per day with... Absolutely outstanding memorabilia that you will not get anywhere else because this is actually some of the players have actually dug into their own personal collections Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, to give us their stuff and and fans are parting with. Their own personal collections as well. This isn't just some random shirt that we've gone out and bought off eBay and got someone to sign. This is actually from people's collections. All
0: the stuff is great. There's two things coming up that we haven't done yet that I would love to have, but I'm definitely going to win these auctions. And there's two. uh, There's one on the table now, looking at me that Paul's just brought over that was posted to him this morning, which is just fantastic. Um, So keep your eyes peeled um, for those, and we hope to raise uh, loads of money for the regen fund, regeneration fund. So let's round it all up because. An hour 14 is a long time to listen it to a is. podcast. So positives and negatives this week? Yep. Yeah, so positives. First of all, we still exist as a football club and the podcast will make it to episode 100 with Leighton Orient Football Club. Still oh, intact. Come on. Uh, and then in the second positive, Liam Kelly is back. Um, you know, we have missed him over the last six games. And the last positive, and Paul mentioned it for the last couple of weeks as a negative. Now we can say it's positive. Alex Chizak has returned in goal. Uh, we are happy to have impacts. back. So those were our positives. Yeah.
1: Negatives this week. We've conceded 12 goals in three games. Making our goal difference desperately poor. Yeah. Making mistakes that have cost us games. We yep. are still bottom of League 2. And unfortunately we've picked up some more injuries. Which has obviously negatively impacted the selection
0: uh, availability for Danny Webb. Yeah. So Hero of the Week. We're going to give this to... Uh, Everyone. collectively. collective. So every late and yeah. fan. And for, you know, for what we've had to enjoy this season... And the last two and a half seasons, really. And in particular, the last 24, 48 hours, really. So, well done to to every (laughs) every Leighton Orient fan. Like it. Ourselves
1: included. Yeah. So next week's fixtures, just the one fixture coming up. Thankfully, we travel to Crawley Town on Saturday. Crawley are nineteenth in the league after drawing one all at Grimsby, but being on forty five points, you think they're safe from
0: relegation? You would do. Also, just to mention that Go it's on. an all ticket match, so get your ticket before because if you rock up there on Saturday, you're trying to pound the turnstile.
1: You won't do. They it. won't let you. Yeah. yeah, it will be the first time a certain Mister Dean Cox will play against the O's, assuming he isn't injured. Yeah. He was on Saturday. He's got a think a thigh strain or something he wasn't sure if he would be uh, fit and well but you never know since leaving the club that's it that'll be his first game yeah. although he was injured against the Grimsby match uh, just gone and even turned up at Brisbane Red on Saturday to support the Orient so that's it yeah
0: so that's it so thank you everyone for joining us for episode 99 it's what a week it's been uh, you know two matches to be fair two absolute thumpings on the pitch but the lads have given it their all we're right there with them every step of the way and we'll continue to support the team as always. So Paul, the bearded legend, is off to Crawley on Saturday. I am. So if you see the bearded legend, I'll be there late though. Oh, you're, you're always late anyway, so he'll be yeah, there. But I'll be there late, late. Oh, he'll be late, late, double be late before three o'clock. You'll be double late because you're double busy. Yeah. Uh, so I am. <laughs> if you see the bearded legend, go and say hello. So off the pitch, uh, our future has been assured until the 12th of June, and all we can do is hope and pray if B will give over the one million and then sell the club. So if we hear anything concrete, as always, we will let you know. I'll yeah. Back. With episode 100, yeah, on Sunday the 2nd of April, so not the weekend coming up, this weekend after, uh, and in that we'll have all the information of you you could ever need. So, like we said last week, there's no special activity planned for the big 100 at the moment due to the goings on at the club. Um, so, we are looking at doing something special for if we stay up, which may happen or may not happen, we can yep. hope, or if not, then we're looking at doing something. For when the club is sold, so yeah. you know it would have been great to do a massive hundred episode, but the time just doesn't constitute doesn't feel too right. really at the moment. Yeah.
1: Also, this week, keep your eyes open on all our social media accounts this week for some great auction items, as we will be revealing new items every day over the next week or so. With all profits, obviously going straight to the Leighton Orient yeah, Regeneration Fund. So that's
0: Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. So give us a follow yeah. on all of those. Bid,
1: awesome. bid for anything or in Outlook at Outlook.com. Send us an email um, or DM us on Twitter. Um, yeah, and just to really wrap up, I guess just a reminder about the Mother's Day, Carol Langley, Florida, yeah. Chingford, 0208 529 4130 is their number. Met, mention um,
0: the podcast and 10% off for you. Yeah, so that'd be great. So uh, that's it. So we're going to play you out this week with a classic disco tune as picked by the uh, bearded legend. And as always, we look forward to hearing from you and keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Have a good week, everybody. Up the O's.